Welcome to the Mixed In Key podcast. I'm Adam and I'm joined by Isaac, my regular co-host, and also Mike Capino, who we've had on the show before. He's uh, the Mixed In Key kind of resident uh, sound designer and uh, audio engineer uh, of, of distinction. And, uh, and of course, it makes sense that we would ask Mike to come and join us on today's episode because we're talking about sound design. We want to uncover some killer sound design tips that you can use in your own tracks. So, uh, and I think this is relevant to producers of all kinds of music. It doesn't have to just be electronic um, because whether you're going to go all out and kind of make like super futuristic kind of kaleidoscopic sound design um, exposés in your tracks, or you just, you know, want to get a little bit more life out of a snare drum or kind of figure out a way to make your kick drum a bit a bit sort of more suited to your track, a bit beefier without coming into various problems um, of sort of overloading low end and all that kind of stuff. There's just a million applications for sound design and, and it, it may seem a scary word if you're uh, kind of, um, you know, it, it, it does seem a bit scientific, but uh, we're here to tell you that it's something to be embraced. So uh, thanks for joining us, guys. How are you? Good, man. Good. Happy to be here. Excellent. Doing well. Thanks. Very good. So, shall we define what you mean by sound design? That would be yourself? a good place to start. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, well, sometimes, I mean, you know, a lot of that gets kind of vague, you know, especially, you know, coming from like an audio side, you know, the the line between, you know, mixing and the audio engineering duties and mm-hmm. the producer sound design duties can can get very much blurred uh, sometimes. So, um, you know, obviously there are situations where guys are doing everything and then obviously the that distinction gets very blurry <laughs> with things. Right. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of an interesting, you know, line in the sand as to like where you kind of draw the line between sound design and mixing. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a nice way of putting it. Do you think that that line gets ever blurred as we kind of, um, as the music uh, world sort of just, you know, progresses? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that, you know, especially I talk to, like, you know, I have students and stuff. One of the things that I find that also kind of really confuses this, because, like, you know, back in the day before everything was so computer-based, uh, the audio and MIDI world were so separate. You know, you'd run your right. MIDI sequencers, you'd do all your MIDI sequences, and then you'd turn all that stuff into audio. So they were two very distinct worlds. Now in something like Ableton, where, like, audio and MIDI live side by side, and mm. you can be very confusing as to, like, is this MIDI or audio? What am I doing with this yeah. stuff? You know, that line gets ever more vague, you know, it seems. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just something that with all these tools at our disposal, whatever door you're using is just capable of so much more than just tracking, recording and mixing. Um, that it's, it's natural. And you're using the same tools for both things. It, you know, mm. you can use a compressor and sidechain for sound design or you can yeah. use that for your mix. Exactly, so, same thing with EQs, you know. Mm. Like, yeah. uh, have you guys seen that new EQ by UVI Shade? Mm. No, I don't think oh, I have. Oh, you guys got to check that thing out. <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's like the absolute definition of like what we're talking about. Right. It's, it's like, you guys probably use FabFilter Pro Q3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that on steroids with like <laughs> all the modulation and all the crazy uh, EQ curves and all the stuff that you could possibly imagine. It's uh, it's really, really cool. I just got it. Right. Um, and yes. like I said, it's... it. You know, I, I very much spend a lot of my time in that gray area between, you know, mixing and, and sound design. And, yeah. uh, and definitely this, this plug-in definitely, like, is right on par with, with a lot of that stuff. Fantastic. Look forward to, I'm gonna, definitely going to check that out. Uh, I've been getting more and more into this world, really, as sort of times progressed in my, my music. I just find it all fascinating how you can make, like, uh, you can kind of take any sound really and turn it into something completely completely different completely reimagined and um i think by kind of experimenting with the tools that you've got even don't, they don't have to be sort of t- uh, tailor-made sound design tools by any stretch as you say compression and eq are super powerful um if they're used cleverly and I just find it fascinating how you can transform sounds. And uh, in so doing, you kind of transform the, ca- the entire character of the track you're working on. It's, it's wonderful. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things I, I you know, I'm a live user, and that's one of the things I mm. particularly love about, you know, using Ableton is, you know, you can take a piece of audio, mm. you know, and then manipulate that, chop that up, mutilate that in so many different ways. Yeah. Uh, and it just makes that whole process of experimentation and, you know, manipulating sounds so fun and kind of rewarding. It does. I've not, I've not <laughs> you know, really can, got... You, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you can, you know, you can start with acoustic instruments when it comes to sound design. You know, you can, you can have like, uh, done this before, you have like a cable going to a guitar amp and then you just not plugging the other side in play with mm. you know yeah, the, the quarter inch jack and yeah. get some buzzing sounds and then you can manipulate those sounds well that's and, um, that's like that's one of the things that, that, that i really want to uh, talk about today is this um i think that many people can can sort of be duped into thinking that um the sounds that you are allowed to make music with are samples they are instruments they are this that or the other and, and actually like we can layer things so effectively now you can record something on your smartphone um from the street around you you can you know um a bus door closing like a bell like literally anything and layer that with your other you know on a snare or you know on any sound at all and, we, and you're you're designing sounds that way that that is sound design you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when you, like, I love Splice, and Splice is great, but, you mm -hmm. know, anytime you download a sample from Splice, there's probably a thousand other people who've downloaded that yeah. sample. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas if you record something yourself, guess what? No one else has, yeah. <laughs> has that sample, you know? So that's right. It's totally unique to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that, I mean, we, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago with Mao. Um, we were talking about how to innovate in music and kind of how to write songs that are catchy uh, on two different episodes. And sort of he ended up talking about this the similar thing on both because, you know, for both, if you're looking to innovate and also if you're looking to make something that stands out and just it just has that capacity to reach people, um, it, it, it can't always just sound the same as, you know, with the same sounds and the same instruments as the other songs in that genre. You know, we, we, we do want to, at some way, find um, our stamp to put on our music. And, um, you know, again, sound design is, is, a, is a, a really neat way of doing that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're like an instrumentalist, you have this idea of what's your tone? What, what is mm. this, what's your sound? Like if you're a guitarist, there's some guitarists, let's say, that have instantly recognizable sounds. Same with the bassist, same with the pianist. And in our modern day realm, this aesthetic that maybe someone imparts using sound design is their own tone. That's them putting their their imprint on something. So, yeah, you know, it's a it's a cool way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well let's let's start with some sort of solid tips then. Um, I've sort of written them down in, in no uh, particular order. Uh, well, I will start at the top. I've, I've got um, side chaining. Uh, the, uh, side chaining in itself is just a huge way of um, sound designing, isn't yeah, well, it? I mean, side chaining is one of those things that, that kind of crosses that that line between mixing and sound design. You know, yeah. side chaining was originally something you know, it's, it's always funny because you talk to some of these younger guys and like they think sidechaining is this new technology and you're like, yeah. no, we've been sidechaining since like the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy. But it wasn't used in the sound design facet it is now. And yeah. that's where how we use sidechain now has become very much a, uh, a sound design thing that was mm. very much, a, you know, an audio technique. Um, and yeah, definitely. And um, one of the things that's really cool, just kind of on a side note about side chaining, um, mm. if you do like traditional side chaining, um, one of the things that's really cool, I like to sometimes use not my, you know, most obviously if you side chain your, your bass, you mm. a lot of times the natural inclination is to use your kick drum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I like to do is actually, I like to feed a sine wave uh, yeah. into my side, side chain. Right. Because uh, one of the things, if you use your kick drum, your side chain can never be shorter than the tail of your kick drum yeah so if you send like a sine wave pulse mm. you can basically tailor that sine wave pulse to be the exact 
uh, side chain curve you want it to be. Yeah. Um, if you yeah. use something like a just a synth and you just, just use like a simple sine wave, you can add uh, release to that. So it'll slowly taper out mm. or you can adjust the overall length of that sine wave pulse going to your side chain feed. Yeah. Uh, and in doing so, you know, you can send like a long side chain, like a long note pulse and yeah. you can create that side chain to swing. You can create like a really cool swing with your side chain. And, and that's, like I said, when it gets to be more, you know, really kind of sound design and, and mm. almost like, it almost becomes melodic, becomes a musical element, uh, much more than a, uh, like a sound design element almost yeah. at that point in time. That's no, interesting though. Yeah. So you're, you're manipulating the release in the sine wave as opposed to the release, let's say, in the compressor. Mm. Correct. But, yeah, so you're not, you're looking at it like a... Which is a little more direct. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes the release on the compressor can be kind of vague as to mm. how it, how it, how it, what it actually does. But if you listen kind to the of, release of the kind sine of wave, no, they're completely vague. Right? <laughs> <laughs> come on, <laughs> you, can you draw okay, the difference between that. an opto and a? Come on, like no, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's way more just like you, you're grasping at straws. You're like, oh, I think mm -hmm. this is gonna affect yeah. it this way. You just got to use your ears to manipulate it, but. I think it's a much better way. You can you can really manipulate the waveform exactly the way you want. Correct. And Correct. let it, you know, let that be the guide. You can just yeah. do even just like a you could just you know, make the make it go to like a gate or just a volume control as opposed to even a complete compressor at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can do uh, additional things such as side chaining reverb, which is quite an interesting thing to to play with. Uh, like a sound could could uh, trigger the, a reverb to sort of engage at a particular moment, which can be quite an interesting technique. Uh, you, you can sidechain filters, EQ filters. Yeah, the filter, the uh, the the auto filter on, in live is one mm. of the overlooked sidechains in live that it has. Um, yeah. you can actually have that auto filter move. Uh, so it's kind of cool. You can actually use it almost like as a multi-band side chaining. You can have the low end get cut every time your your kick drum hits, which is really yeah. interesting too. As yeah, well. yeah. Then you guys use uh, track spacer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Track spacer yeah. is phenomenal for mm. for side chaining. I almost call it like low end cheating because it's, it's yeah so so easy to like kind of clean up low end and stuff with, yeah. with that guy. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, I, I use it on a lot of things. It's it's really great for just bringing elements that you that, that are perhaps hidden out in the mix. Exactly. You can, I use it for vocals to clear up yeah. for vocals. I'll sometimes mm. put uh, track spacer on my on my synth and key elements. Yeah. Uh, and then trigger it with my vocals so it'll dip those frequencies out whenever the vocals come in. Yeah. Which is like it, it it's one of those plugins that's it's possible to do that without it but it's just much harder and more long-winded and a bit more guesswork involved this oh, is exactly. just Absolutely. this is just <laughs> turn it up stick it on listen to it does it work great job done yep. move on yep. absolutely you know. and those those are the things for me man like you know I, you know and that's a, that's also kind of like something about sound design too you know mm -hmm. like you can get very lost in the world of sound design yeah and, you know and, and this is where like kind of going back to you were talking about mao and like the this the song writing thing you know and this is where it might be kind of important to talk about like a little bit about like when to sound design because you can sometimes get lost mm. you know in, in the production songwriting process when when sound designing a little bit too so yeah you know, for me sound designing has to be uh, kind of quick and fluid. And, you mm. know, there are some times when I do set aside time to just kind of get lost in things. Um, but yeah, um, a lot of my sound design tools are, are very quick and to the point so I can get them and I don't get kind of lost. Yeah, get, that know, makes sense. Three-hour, you know, rabbit hole of tweaking <laughs> some sound. You know? Yeah, I think, I think there's a sort of a, there's a, there's a, a, a you know, a, a word of caution in that somewhere personally i feel I, I don't know i feel as if um one of the kind of the uh, potentially a negative con uh, side effect of the ever increasing um importance of sound design is that we end up with ultra clean pristine flawless um mixes where everything's perfectly in its little place and there's no other sounds anywhere near it in the spectrum and the stereo field and and i feel like that's not, that doesn't always translate as well to me. Although, although often I admire it, but I don't seek to emulate it because when I go to a live show, 
I, you know, I hear frequencies on top of themselves, and that gives that I feel like that's that's a, a soulful energy, and I don't yeah, want to yeah, lose there's, that. There's, there's, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I get a lot of people who are always just you know high and low pass everything so mm. so much. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of beauty in things kind of mixing and rubbing together in interesting yeah, ways. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to uh, to an audio example of what we're talking about. Now, we haven't done many audio examples on the podcast, so uh, who knows how this will go. But I'm going to demonstrate the effect of side-chaining a... Uh, I've side-chained a, um, a chord, a pads um, sequence, made in Captain Chords, naturally, to a snare. So I've got sort of a, 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 a section without the sidechain um, in effect, and I've got a section where it comes in, and you'll, you'll hear the difference. There we go. Yeah. That is that, uh, yeah, side chain to, uh, from a snare to a pad, which isn't necessarily that commonly done uh, and doesn't, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an example of what you can do. I like to do that with hats as well. That really brings out the snare. Uh, yeah, a- they, uh, the reverse of that sometimes, uh, I used to do this a lot in the, like the 90s and stuff. They'd do mm-hmm. the, they would do the, instead of using a uh, compressor, they'd use a gate on the pad and yeah. use like the hi-hats to trigger the the gate right, um, nice. on the pad. So you get this like uh, almost that like trancey, stuttery, uh, trance gate kind of effect on your pad. And then you, you know, you can, you can always mute that channel that goes without saying, like you can mute the snares in that example and you would just hear the pad. Yeah. You affected. Swelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is again just a, a lovely. A lo- it can just adds a bit of movement and texture. If you're like artists that I'm familiar with, like Bonobo and Flume, um, do that masterfully. They just yeah, Flume was like he uh, very heavy on the side chain. Uh, yeah, but made it his early stuff <laughs> very musical. I think that was the key. It, it, it sort of had an effect rather than just being sort of totally in your face. It had it gave a musical. I, actually, I liked your example about using that pulse. Um, tone to kind of shape a bit of swing into the uh, into the side chaining. Yeah, that's something the that flume always. I always thought he had it was a pretty interesting swing to his side yeah. chains. He's yeah. always he he's always has like a lot of interesting swing and groove in all of his parts of his music too. Yeah, yeah. For uh, for for kind of details of exactly how the side chain was applied there and how you might use it with different sources and input triggers. Uh, we actually have done, uh, we've done an article on our wiki that incorporates a lot of sidechain um, techniques and details, exactly how to do it. So I will put the link to that article in the podcast description. So uh, any of you can go straight there and check it out. Uh, we are going to move on to the next tip, which is uh, a very common one nowadays. Um, kind of, uh, I, I'm mostly aware of it being used in kind of house and EDM type music where you want to get, say, uh, a clap drum or a snare drum or sometimes hi-hats as well. Uh, if you want to give an artificial sense of width, so you want them to, be, to feel like, well, you know, to, the, if you want them to present themselves as being hard left and hard right. But if you have those, uh, it, it, what you might think you would do if you wanted to give that sense of width is simply have... Uh, your clap track duplicated one left and one right but that will create phase cancellation which is something that we will come on to again uh in some more uh some more of this discussion about sound design because phase cancellation and phase issues are uh, very important to be aware of while you're experimenting like this but uh the Haas effect i'm gonna i, I can talk talk you guys through it are, are you guys familiar with this effect uh, very much, very much. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it was, it's actually used a lot in um, you know pre dance music. Right. Um, I know engineers have been using it on guitars for for okay. years. Yeah. Um, okay. I can imagine. You know, especially <laughs> very mono signals. Uh, very good. Very good technique to right. add room to. You know, especially if a guitar can be very mono. You know, just mm-hmm. a single SM SM fifty seven on a, on an amp. Yeah. Uh, it's a yeah. great way to create that kind of that space for things. Wonderful. It, it can be subtle and it can also be really dramatic. You yeah. know, you can, um, I think like the EMS 150, is that right? Like there's, 
ways that people manipulate this to make it much more dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, tell us about it, Adam. Well, so I'm going to, I'm in Ableton and I'm going to use the, I'm going to use the delay method of creating a house effect. Now there's another way of doing it, which is uh, say you've got an audio, uh, you can do it with MIDI as well, but if, let's just say for the sake of argument, you have an audio clip, it's kind of a four bars of your clap track. What you could do is duplicate um, that clap track and pan one hard left and one hard right. But the, <coughs> the secret, the trick is to ensure that the this phase cancellation doesn't occur. So you need to move one a fraction ahead of the other. Now, uh, that will give kind of, it will tricks the human ear into perceiving it as a one wide sound rather than what it is, which is actually two sounds on opposite sides of the speakers. Now, um, the reason that I like to use the delay uh, technique is that the uh, it's, it's a bit more trial and error with the uh, with with the simple audio um, duplication because you you need to kind of judge it for phase cancellation and find that sweet spot and it, it just can get a bit complicated. So rather than doing that, I use uh, the, these. Are, I'm using stock plugins here. This is the Ableton Simple Delay and uh, a very important additional feature, the Ableton Utility plugin. So uh, I'll just I'll, I'll I'll play the clap track uh, without these plugins being effective at all. Actually, I think I better just turn that delay off. Right there, we have that is just a simple clap, and um, I am going to turn that delay on, and uh, we will go through how we would uh, want to look at creating this effect. Now, when I turn it on, it's in, it's instantly got left and right channels synced and they uh, are default set to uh, they're looking they're doing th uh, three sixteenth reflections so it's going to sound like that but I want to take the sync off so neither of these are synced to each other and also unlink them so they are not synced to a division of 16 they're not uh, linked to each other, they are. They are. Uh, the, the the word time comes up, so they are only delaying uh, uh, in the time that you you tell it to do. If that makes sense. Uh, you also have a feedback control. Now I want the feedback to be very very low, so I'm going to set it down to like six. And I also want my. I'm going to use my my left channel will be at dead um, dead even, so no delay applied to the, to the, uh, left channel and my right channel. This is where we experiment to find the sweet spot. So I'll play it as I adjust. You can hear that getting wider and it's going to start becoming two sounds. There. So we've gone too far. And we can use our ears to establish whether we think that it's kind of uh, hitting the right spot, whether it sounds nice to us. But we need to, to check it. And we check it using the utility. So I've, I've got what I think might be a useful harsh effect going there. And I'm going to check it by uh, using the utility function and turning the whole channel into mono. And that will, uh, that will basically tell me if I've got phase cancellation happening. So that's in mono. I've allowed the stereo width to come through, but what I'm not hearing is uh, some sort of the nasty uh, phase cancellation, which can happen, which I'll try and demonstrate now. There. That's, that's that, that phase cancellation that we don't want to have. Can, uh, it's a subtle difference. Versus... Oh, that's phase as well. There, I, there we go. That's that's my example. Uh, you guys, um, you guys use that technique with the the monoing to check for phasing. Um, I particularly don't use the. Um, I, don't, I particularly don't use really use the house effect too much on drums. So I don't. Right. I don't really. I'm not. Right. Yeah, I don't worry too much about the the comb filtering by 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 phase correlation. Mm. Um, it's definitely with drums you should because you you lose a lot of that body. Yeah. Um, I typically use the house effect for like uh, keyboard and instrument sounds. Right. Um, yes. And particularly where things where like I you know where because 
reverbs get messy in terms from a mix standpoint uh, really quickly. So yeah. reverbs are so much mud and so much tail. Um, so anytime I want something to give something like a little bit of more space without necessarily grabbing a, a reverb, you know, something like the Haas effect is, is kind of yeah. what I go for. Or maybe even like a short slapback delay. Um, on, on another side tip, uh, any guys know the company Kilo Hearts? They make phase plant. Yeah. yeah. They, actually, yeah. they have a, they have, they sell like their effects as little individual things and they have like just a little Haas effect plugin. They do. Uh, that's actually, yeah, super useful, um, super easy. You know, it's, you know, you don't need to route or do anything. You just put it on there and it's, you know, easy. <laughs> yeah, cool. that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I have that bundle. I have that effect. I just, I, I, I thought it's, um, you know, I don't want to, uh, I mean, you can do so much of these things with the stock plugins on most doors. So. No, absolutely. It's great. We should tell people to do it with native native tools, but it's also nice to, to know yeah. that there are definitely something uh, something set up. On another side note, uh, some uh, another Haas effect that people may or may not be aware of, something very similar that they may or may not have, mm. um, is Serum. Um, if you have Serum, you have access to the Serum rack. Mm. And, and you can actually use the Serum rack effects as an audio effect. And Serum has basically this in the the audio effect rack. They also have it in the synth. They have this one effect called Hyper and Dimension. Uh, mm-hmm. Hyper is basically like a unison, but Dimension is very similar to basically the Haas effect. Right. So, so if you have Serum already have Serum, and you want, you know, you can actually use the Serum effect rack uh, and use that Dimension to kind of achieve a, a very similar effect. Nice. Mike, when you see like a stereo doubler. Are they often kind of using some form of Haas effect in addition with maybe some like mid cut thing? Yeah, know? that too. Well, the other thing that I do that I do a lot that I get also use for kind of a similar effect. Um, I use um, the Eventide Harmonizer and particularly mm. the H910. Yeah. Um, because you can delay it, you know, you can have the millisecond delay, but you can also have a slight amount of pitch modulation in there too, which adds yeah. another kind of, uh, you know, another level of kind of uniqueness to, to that effect too as well. Yeah, I love that plugin. I, I do like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Just even like 0.01 is like just magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> on, on the pitch, yeah, on the pitch. Like it's like one cent is is really cool, especially the 910 because it fluctuates mm. uh, naturally. So, mm. so it has that natural pitch modulation. Yeah, it just, it gives a sort of a certain, you know, je ne sais quoi, just something. Yes. It's lovely. Yeah, that thing is really, that. actually I have it in my, in my template, uh, I have a, in my template. I have a bunch of returns, and the nine ten is on one of my last uh, send and return channels. Right, nice, nice. You, you know, like there's that there's a chorusing. Sometimes a chorusing effect is created by this yeah. doubling and overlapping. Uh, I'm, you know, the Dimension D, which was an old like analog. Yeah, the Roland. Yeah, the Roland. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not the same thing because of how it's, you know, it's just like four buttons to pick from, but uh, that's one that I, I always have like on a bus. Just, I just, I love it for so many things. It's yeah, man, all the, all the bucket brigade courses are, there's something magical about, yeah. <laughs> about that stuff. I man. love them they're, so they're much. Really good. Yeah, they're super good. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. And just, you know, in bus, on a bus, just use sparingly just to create a sense of, you know, it's kind of dumb, but for dimension, but space, you know, Absolutely. and it gives you a certain feeling. And um, yeah, it's just, it can be a lovely thing, just a little bit of, it's, it's actually funny because it's, it is adding dirt in a sense. It's adding, you know, it's muddying up a little bit, but it's just the right way and just a yeah. little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, that room ambience, man, like, you know, this is one thing I always tell a lot of my students, you know, as humans, we, we rarely, well, I don't think we ever hear anything without some type of room ambience or reverb yeah you know mm-hmm. so when you create some of these synthesized sounds and there's no reverb or anything on it it's it's really weird you know we don't mm-hmm. hear you know we never hear anything without some type of ambience as humans so you know as soon as you add just a little bit of like room it's like mm-hmm. oh man that thing it just sounds so much more real like it would mm-hmm. in the real world <laughs> yeah that's exactly it. it's that that digital cleanliness or cleanness that uh you know we want to kind of uh, mitigate against and and that's it's the sort of Absolutely. search for the analog warmth but uh, yeah it's, uh, the, these kind of effects uh, can can just help to kind of make us feel comfortable with the sounds as well because as you say we're used to hearing things reflecting that's like how how we hear the world around us is is it subtly reflecting off of the surfaces that we're near 
you know, so we, we, we want that in our music. Um, we've talked a little bit about phase. I'm going to continue with an example on phase uh, here. I'm going to use phase distortion. Again, I've, I've used it on drums. The, the applications in my examples are really just pretty universal. There is no limit to what you can apply this to. Uh, it doesn't have to be a snare. I personally love it on snares. I just think it, 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 there's, there's a magic that, that happens when you put phase distortion on a snare. Um, so I've used, I've actually, funnily enough, I've got the kilohertz phase distortion plugin here. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, what are you, what are you using for phase, dis- <laughs> for phase distortion? Because there's not like a native Ableton phase distortion. No, so. there isn't. There is one in Logic um, that you can use. Uh, the distortion plugin has a phase option. Um, so I remember using that and I've got um, Eventide um that can i can't remember the plugin's name that's got a phase distortion uh oh, it's the fa- the phaser you can basically add um saturation to the phaser uh yeah so i don't know that this this is the one that i've been using uh maybe it's not as common an effect as i thought but um there's certainly <laughs> logic heads you can just use the uh the native distortion uh plugin and there's a phase option uh so this is this is a 707 snare um just playing regularly There you go. Um, with phase distortion, uh, it just, I, I love it. Yeah, you can really change the tonality of the Absolutely. Of the <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I've got, I've, the, we, in the kilohertz version, you have these tone options. So I'll, I'll sort of cycle through it as it plays. I mean, there's huge variety in in the tone that's delivered. Uh, you can also add drive and spread and uh, bias and other stuff like that, really to taste. But I just I love the, I love the effect. It, it it brings snares through in the mix for me in a way that um, that that I often uh, struggle with without something like phase distortion, especially when I've got a layered snare where I've got claps kind of taking some of the high energy. Um, you know, I've, I make a lot of four-four music, so I've usually got my kick and snare happening at the same time. So just get it's, it's something else to help that kind of body come through. Um, I, I love it; sounds great. Yeah, I mean, I, I use more kind of plainly saturation a lot. Yeah, for, for a lot of my drums, I have probably in my in my collections of Ableton, I probably have more saturation plugins than probably anything. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. any type of like distortion or saturation is a great way to get drums to kind of cut through a mix. So is that a phaser and distortion together? Or what what is phase distortion? No, I don't. I I don't know if I could explain it uh, technically. Mike, you probably know. Yeah, I mean it, it is. It's basically it's it's basically just playing around with with the phase to create distortion. Yeah, it is. It's basically just a phase and distortion together. Mm. But like, okay, so it's it's messing with the phase polarity. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of closer way. to it, it becomes kind of closer in the end to almost like uh, to uh, wave shaping in the end. Okay. It, uh, you know, if you were to look at it, if you were to take a sine wave and put it through a phase distortion, it would look very get a very similar effect to wave shaping. Cool. Sounds good. It makes a big, big difference on drums and sounded, sounds like very useful right there. Um, saturation wise, you, you know, it's been like the, the very common thing for people to do forever to take like guitar rig, let's say, mm-hmm. and to put drum loops through it. And, and, you know, you can use the amp emulation, the distortion yeah. emulation, speaker emulation. I do always recommend people put that stuff though on a bus and not just over the major channel, like the yeah. main channel of the loop, yeah. just so you can dial it in yeah, a little exactly. bit better and it creates some some sense of space as yeah. well because you have the effect over you know alongside the unaffected version. Mm. So it's always yeah. important to you do, know mess do, with that. Do you have that that clean drum beat? or drum bus and then you just as, as you say you dial in just that, that little bit of saturation warm it up warm it up warm it up uh can can do wonders i would also i just uh, urge um you to to also eq the after the after the sort of saturation um as well because just because saturation it sort of it, it, in my understanding it acts by kind of um smearing frequencies together basically um but that yeah absolutely i i 
I sometimes EQ before and after yeah. distortion saturation yeah, yeah. plugins because they, yeah. Yeah. you know, they push certain frequencies up, at, you know, in weird ways sometimes. Yeah. Well, I'd say though, you know, if you're going through guitar rig, you, and you're going through like a speaker emulation as well, and a microphone emulation, that is a form of EQing. You know, that is that is in a sense reducing some of those super highs and lows, and you know, putting it into like what. Uh, impulse response of a SM57 on a guitar cabinet picked up, which is, of course, not the full range, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Super yeah, cool. Just, just um, kind of maybe uh, since I was talking about serum, just when we we're talking about saturation, there's a, uh, just a nice little side tip if you want to like heavily drive things in serum. Um, in the filter section, there's like uh, the filters are one of the, and also in Ableton, like uh, if you turn on the filter sections, there's always a drive. And driving filters is is a really wonderful thing, especially the Moog style filters. They saturate and color things so so wonderfully. And uh, one of the things that I like to do in Serum is like if you in the filter section, uh, there's a, a mix knob. But if you actually click on the butt on the, like where it says mix, it turns to a level knob, uh, and that actually allows you to take the drive in the filter section of Serum and just crank it up like crazy mm. without basically maxing out the output your master out. So you can just drive. I, I basically almost pulled them to drive up like all the way full on a lot of the Moog filters, but using that level knob, you can back it down and it's not peaking coming out of, out of Serum. Sounds lovely. Yeah, that sounds great. Can't, can't so, get enough drive on your synths most of the time. Again, it's, yes, it's a way of making that. All day. I, yeah, yeah I mean, that's the thing that like, makes the Moog stuff really good mm. too as well. Yeah, 100%. I'm a big, big Moog fan. I have my new, my new Moog sitting next to me. That I've been playing around with, yep. which, is, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, we'll, 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 we'll move on to another one. And this is probably the last one on, on dr- drums specifically. I don't really know why the first few were all drums, but, uh, but drums are so important. Why not? Uh, so let's, let's take a listen. I've got this kick drum and um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fine. But I would like to have, I mean, in the context of the mix... <laughs> Then I, I really need that kick to kind of punch through. So um, what I've what I've added, I've added something, uh, and the, but I didn't use a kick that you might expect. I've actually just used this is a, a, a tom sound that I've then um, EQ. This is a really really this isn't a complicated sound design thing. This is simple, but I've added this uh, this tom tom sound, and it's EQ. So it's really just that click. It's just that click and a bit of saturation, um, but that combines with that kick drum which I'll remind you sounds like that and it combines and you can just you can hear immediately that it's got that 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 top click that just makes it cut through the mix more simple as that really it's just EQing you guys use that one much yeah I, I layer stuff all the time. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things I like about, you know, Ableton, especially drum racks. You know, if you, you know, have just like a kick drum, you can select that device and hit command G mm. and it throws it into an instrument rack and you can instantly throw another sample in there for, for layering. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things that's really nice. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll use like a, a closed hat a little bit uh, uh, to get yeah, some yeah. of that, that upper frequency uh, stuff in, 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 in for that snap in the kick is, is nice. Yeah, it works beautifully. I mean, it, 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 if you, I've used a lot of samples and stuff from, from records and a lot of, a lot of the samples that you, that you actually have in your sample packs or from your record collection or whatever, uh, they come, you know, preloaded with a, with a hat on top because that's just how they appeared in the song they were sampled from. And it sounds I, great. I know a guy. Yeah, exactly. I know a guy. He, he likes, he basically, he programs all his drums, but all the drum sounds he uses are from loops. Right. And that's one of the reasons why he does that because it has like little bits of other sound in yeah. it. It has like some of the hi-hat or some of the snare. So it's always kind of like a, even though he does gets the kick, it has, it's like kind of a interesting kick because it's got like a lot of other stuff in it. Yeah. The, a bit of the room again, a bit of that sort of real life in it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to, um, we're going to, Sorry. Oops, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> is, is, is Isaac saying something I couldn't hear? Yeah, I mean, I think you, we have your, uh, your 
your talk back is going through that phase distortion or something right there a second ago. Yeah. Some <laughs> delay. <laughs> All the effects at once through your voice, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, we'll move on. I've got, I've got another one which is quite interesting. This is uh, one that you can do in other doors, but I don't personally know how. Uh, but this is this is a grain delay thing which you can do in Ableton, and it's really fun. It's really it's great. Um, it's uh, it's 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 basically um, taking an incoming sound source and uh, splitting it into grains and then delaying those grains, which you can then modulate as they delay. So uh, it it, it I, I will turn it off. There you go, just a simple lead line. And turn it back on and you can hear the effect. And you can hear all those tiny little grains uh, disappearing. Uh, it's simple stuff, really, but um, but it's it, it, you know it's a native plugin in in Ableton, and it's just really really fun to play around with. There are some sort of caveats with it though, uh, which is that you really, unless you want something which sounds freaky rather than musical, you want to be using uh, a whole uh, a whole hertz frequency because that's the lowest frequency, which means it's a whole. Um, I don't know what it, a whole grain. I don't know what a whole grain means in a digital sense. But as you start raising that uh, frequency up, it, it starts um, echoing frequencies that don't sound that musical, I suppose. And also there's a pitch, uh, um, what's the word? Pitch uh, modulator inside it. Now I've pushed it all the way to the top. So it's 12 uh, semitones up, which of course is one octave and uh if, we, if i go down i'll see, we'll see how that sounds probably not very good but. there's the sound of doom just there if you want to um you know uh, but it's 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 a very capable technique for for doing uh, all kinds of manipulations to your sound i've used it on hi hats before to great effect sounds really cool skittering hi hats away Apply, um, uh, you know use auto pan with it as well so get them ping ponging around and uh, all kinds of things you can use is is this uh, is this a technique you guys are familiar with yeah i mean, i use i use granular effects uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah. uh, Arturia has a great granular effect uh, portal. Uh, that's really really cool. Um, that's yes. uh, that's that's output, I think. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Output. What did I say? Uh, Arturia. Really, uh, Arturia. Yeah. Yeah. It's output. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's output. Yeah. Um, that thing is really. Yeah. Is really. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, um, but on a synthesis side, I, I use granular on a, on a synthesized side right. it too. But yeah. you know, granular yeah. granular audio effects are are something that's kind of a little bit new. Um, well, not not new, but are starting to see maybe more options for. Um, they've been around, but there's definitely maybe not as been as as many granular effects around. But they're starting to kind of be um, kind of a, a cool thing. You start to see um, a little bit more of. Yeah, this is kind of this is kind of stuff you're talking about, Adam. Where you can get down in the wormhole, right? Like you're you're working yeah. on that sound, and then you, you know, you can spend days and and messing around with granular delay and grain delay and granular synthesis, just yeah. massaging the right sound and getting it to come out. And yeah, it's it's definitely it's brilliant and can really be powerful when it's used correctly. Mm. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's one of those techniques. I've I've used it actually to better effect on 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 another couple of tracks, um, where it's it's uh, because of the source that I was using it on. It, it sounded uh, probably actually sounded a, a little bit better. I was uh, I've spent kind of the afternoon kind of. I mean, I love my job. I'm, uh, it's it's a great thing to be able to do. But I've been kind of writing a track with also all of this in mind like what what sound design things can i can i demonstrate in this track uh and 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 that's one i i'm actually not going to use it in the track itself because it didn't quite have the right character and the right thing but it, it's just a very powerful thing that like like with all these things it might work but you shouldn't throw everything at this at every track and you shouldn't spend yeah. hours doing it i mean if it doesn't sound right pretty quickly it probably isn't gonna in my experience 
Just because you can does can do something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, very wise. Word. Very true. Yeah, indeed. Uh, one other thing that I thought was pretty cool was uh, the kind of concept of uh, sending. Um, you know, let's say let's say a pad sound. You got pad chords or whatever. Uh, I would like the the sort of principle of sending those uh, those pad sounds which can just be you know uh mellow kind of soft like swelling pads not doing too much but if you start if you send them to to a uh, to a send channel with filters and i've you know i've got uh, this one in particular it's kind of gone a bit wild I, I dial it in for an actual record but uh you know i've got uh i've got a, f- a mini filter from Arturia. I've got a portal doing some granular stuff uh, and then an EQ and then another filter kind of filtering the filtered channel. It's, it's a, it's a bit wild, but um, it's, it's to demonstrate the point of what's possible, even if you may not choose to do it this way. Um, let's, let's have a listen. I'll start off with it without, where do I have it without in this track? Let me, let me disable that and then put it here. Right. This is just your regular pad sound that we heard before. Okay, there we go. Just a regular chord progression on pads. Now, if I enable the filter... pretty far out pretty fun um but what you can do of course now i've got that running through a send channel is i can record that to a uh to its own audio track purely recording the send channel which means i can i can get a kind of uh without having the pads playing i've got the the notation of the present the 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 chord structure present playing in my track but i'm just hinting at the presence of the actual pads and all we're getting is these cool kind of um, funny kind of glitchy effects, uh, and I, I I really like that as a technique that you can actually apply to almost anything. Like record your send channels and use them as their own instruments. Oh yeah, that's uh, something I like to do with uh, like recording the send channels. That's one of the things that's really cool with Ableton and the the reverb. They have the freeze mm. function. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool to take sounds and freeze them, and you have that ah, oh, that kind of like almost pad-like thing, record that, and then throw that into, um, you know, a sampler and yeah. play that sound is really, really cool. That's, That's really cool. How do you, you, so you're freezing the reverb and it's just making that into like the pad, like a sample? Exactly, yeah. You can basically freeze the reverb tail. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh. They actually, um, if you have, um, there's a new reverb out by Sonable, uh, the smart mm-hmm. reverb. It's actually really amazing, but it has like a freeze function. I think also... I think also the new reverb from uh, Isotope, the Neoverb, I think it has like a freeze function right. too as well. Right. So you could potentially do something similar with, mm-hmm. with, with those guys if you have any of those reverbs. Yeah, um, the uh, Eventide Black Hole also has a freeze. Oh yeah, bl- the Black Hole has a freeze function too as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, so it's really cool even just to send like a single like piano note mm-hmm. and send it through there and freeze that uh, or even like a string sound or anything somewhat tonal. Uh, you freeze it and it has this just really cool washed out sound and then yeah. just take that and throw it into a sampler. It's great. Yeah, definitely. That's actually, uh, I'm going to do a longer article on this topic based on our conversation and kind of the, the, the ideas that I've had. And actually that's one of them, uh, sampling the freeze, the, the frozen tail of a reverb and making that your own instrument. Sounds amazing. Um, there's, a, there's a guitar pedal that just came out that does that. It's called the Game Changer. Oh yeah, and it's like a, so. It's a, it's a sustain pedal that just like freezes whatever you played like that, and so you ah. can play something. It's like it, and it looks like a piano pedal. So you, you know, you're pushing down oh, the piano cool. pedal and just it creates like a pad out of whatever you had. Oh, that's it just nice. Holds it. it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, that yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, 
And yeah, it's a great effect. I, I never even think of doing that stuff, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the, that's the thing with with all of this stuff it's there's so much it's just mm. like remembering when to use it or even remembering that it's even yeah. something even a possibility you know? yeah. that's what I love about you guys and about what's going on it's like if you view that as part of the music making is if you view the sound design as as an instrument mm. then it's just, it keeps pushing stuff forward. It's just new, it's fresh, it's interesting, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, like I, I tend to feel like, like if I'm writing a song, that I get pushed towards the sound design side of it when I'm in my head, I'm going, right, I've, I've, I've put this bass line down, I've got some drums going, I've got some you know, lead line or whatever, whatever is happening in my track. And I'm going, yeah, but I, I really want something that goes like, at that bit. And then I'm like, well, how do I make that? Like, I, And so that's, that's the kind of the fun of like, we have the tools to actually do that out of most, most sounds now. So I try and find a sound that's kind of roughly got the tone that I was after and then just like muck around with it until I've um, created something. And then you're, you're learning the whole way that you do that as well. It's, it's, it's just really fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I mean, that's the, the experimental side of it and, you know, the, the getting lost in it, you know, and, you know, it can be, it can be a source of inspiration too. You know, you can, you know, you can actually start from the sound design point, you know, generally I'm, I'm using sound design to supplement something that's already written, you know, from the musical side. But, you know, there are times where it's like, sometimes I'll just fool around with sounds and then like, man, that's really neat. I could, I could make a whole track off of that. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I think we just had Isaac's dog trying to, um, trying to get involved in the conversation there. I heard, I heard a bark and I, and I, cause we're on this topic. I thought, right, let's, uh, let's sample that. Let's see what we can do with Isaac's dog's bark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just, he had, you know, he wanted to chime in and yeah, explain yeah. that for him, you know, <laughs> what sampling means for him. He's yeah. a singer. Yeah. He just likes <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> More about but, the vocal performance and the effects, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So guys, I think that's, that's a, that's a good introduction to kind of like uh, a few concepts that you can apply to your music. Um, you know, there is so much more, as Mike just said, that you can do. There are so many techniques that are, that are available to you, but I think the fundamental is to think creatively with the basic tools that you have. So whether that's just resampling something, uh, you know, recording a reverb tail, freezing a reverb tail, whatever, like, like you, ha- you, you actually don't need necessarily to have like insanely powerful equipment. You've probably got enough in your regular door to make just unusual and different and unique sounds and to experiment with that and have fun with it. It's, it's, um, you know, it's just a lot of fun the more you get into it. So uh, I hope you guys will uh, take away a few things from our chat today. There will be a wiki, wiki article uh, on the same topic uh, coming out next week or this week, if we're lucky. So, uh, you know, and just we would love to hear from you. We always want to hear what kind of topics you uh, would like us to talk about. If there's any gaps in your understanding of any aspects of composition or production or engineering, whatever, we want to hear about it. We want to know what you want us to talk about. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Isaac, for joining me today. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Uh, And I'll just leave you with uh, congratulations to uh, Post Malone, who uh, won nine Billboard Awards Friday just gone. Congratulations to him. Are you fans of Post Malone? Yeah, I like some of his stuff. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm into him. I, I preferred his earlier stuff, you know, when he was pre-Malone. And on that note... <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I'll bid you adieu. Uh, thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thanks a lot. Bye.